Good afternoon. Good evening. We thank Jesus for your jo your capacity and ability to join us as far as Bible study is concerned. We've been away for quite some time, and I am excited that we're able to start back up TNT. So we thank God for this wonderful opportunity. God knows I've been missing you all. And of course, uh, for those that don't know, we are back in the sanctuary. And of course, uh, things are going as smoothly as possible under the circumstances. So we thank God for each and every one of you. So as you are joining us, uh, it, this is something I don't take for granted as far as being able to share with you all as far as Bible study is concerned. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be studying the letter that James wrote to the church uh, in Jerusalem. So we're going to be looking at James. And today we want to focus on James chapter one, verses one through eight. James is such a rich book, such a rich letter. And uh, I really want to unpack this in a very meaningful way so that hopefully and prayerfully you will be able to get all that you can as far as this uh, time of study is concerned. So do me a favor, if you would, uh, share this on your timeline uh, as far as Bible study is concerned. Invite people to join us on Facebook Live as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're looking forward to the Lord doing some incredible things as far as this time of study is concerned. So James, James, James chapter one, Let's look at verses one through eight. I want to read it. I want to highlight uh, some things and I want you to go through your Bible and uh, highlight those things that I'm going to point out to you. And then um, we'll do what I call the exposition and uh, exegesis and, and really uh, see how the Lord speaks to us as far as this is concerned. James chapter one. Here is um, the word of God. James, a bun servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Verse two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubt. And for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double minded, unstable in all his ways. We're going to stop right there for today. And, and, and if we could, uh, let's go back to verse one and let's start either underlining, highlighting, circling certain words that kind of stick out to me. James, I want you to underline James. I want you to underline James. A bond servant uh, of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to uh, uh, highlight a bond servant. I want you to circle God. And I want you to circle Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. I want you to underline all of that to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Okay. 
Now, just on verse one, if I really wanted to, I could just stay right there uh, for the Bible study. But we, we, we're going to get through all get through uh, these eight verses. All right. Verse number two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I want you to highlight various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, highlight testing of your faith produces patience. Circle the word patience. But let patience, circle the word patience, have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I want you to circle the word perfect in uh, both words, perfect in that sentence and draw a line to them. I also want you to draw a line from patience in verse four to patience in verse three. Verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, circle the word wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally, underline liberally, and without reproach, underline without reproach, that it may be given to him. Verse six, but let him ask in faith, underline that phrase, but let him ask in faith. With no doubting, I want you to circle the word doubt, doubting. For he who doubts, underline the word, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything of the Lord, for he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. I want you to highlight verses seven and verse eight. Verse seven and verse eight. All right. Now, before we get started, I think that it is very important for us to understand who is writing this letter. This is James, <clears throat> a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. The understanding of bondservant in this particular text is slave. So James, who is writing this letter to the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ in Jerusalem is a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's where I want to drop the bombshell on you. James, he doesn't, he's not fancy with this introduction, but he could be. Why? Because this is James, the half brother of Jesus Christ. His mama is Mary. His daddy is Joseph. This is James, the half brother of of Jesus Christ. This is not James, the brother of John, the sons of Zebedee. This is James, the half brother of Jesus Christ. So, I, 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 you know, if it were me, I would have done the intro like this. James, half brother of Jesus Christ, bondservant of the same. All right. Because guess what? Him being the half brother of Jesus Christ is very, very important for you all to understand. Because here's what I want you to get that the only person that really knew the significance of Jesus while he was here on earth, as far as his family was concerned, was his mama Mary. The rest of the family thought he was crazy. The rest of his siblings thought, you know, that the elevator didn't go all the way up to the top when it came to Jesus. So now James is a follower and a disciple, and most importantly, a leader. He's a leader of the church in Jerusalem. Now, let me also just drop on you that probably in the Hebrew, James' name is not James, but it's probably Jacob. Okay? It most likely is Jacob in the original Hebrew. But when they translated it into the 
English, it comes across as James. All right. Just tidbit of information for, for you all to know. Now, the church is growing at a, a, at a fast rate. Uh, James calls himself a bond servant, a slave of God. And this basically means that he is in total, complete obedience, unshakable loyalty to Jesus Christ. Obedience is the work. Humility is the position. Loyalty is the relationship that a master has um, expects from a slave. Let me say that again. Obedience was the work. Humility is the position. Loyalty is the relationship. All right. So when James says, I am a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is saying, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to be humble in my position and loyal to the master. All right. Now, Here's why this is so important, because notice James says a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He puts God and Jesus, here it is, on the same level. Okay, he understands something intrinsic about the relationship and the dynamic between God the Father and God the Son. All right. Are you all with me so far? Okay, he considers himself to be property of God as he serves Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to notice something about the title of Jesus Christ, and 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 you can put this in in your notes uh, because this is very important. The Lord Jesus Christ. He uses a very dynamic title that really could have put him in trouble with the Roman government. Lord is like calling Jesus Caesar or king. All right. So let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. When we look at this, we see that Jesus means Savior. That comes from the word, the Hebrew word, Yahshua or Joshua, which means God saves. All right. Christ is the Greek for Messiah or the anointed one. Okay. And then the word Lord is the position of or the title of sovereignty. So James, a slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, refers to Jesus as being the sovereign anointed savior. The everlasting sovereign savior, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. I even heard someone refer to him as being the winner of winners. This is who James says, I'm a slave to. This is who James says, I am serving. This is who James says, I am connected to. So basically what he is saying is that the heavenly exalted Lord will one day return in his glory to this world. He is Jesus, God come to earth as a human being. He is Christ the anointed one who has fulfilled 
the purposes of God perfectly by dying for us. And then God raised him from the dead. This is that Jesus. This is that Jesus. So then let's also look at something else. The 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. Now, what we got to understand is that at this particular time, Israel is not really a conglomerate or, or, or a united nation of the various 12 tribes, which find their connection back to um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the 12 tribes of Israel. They're, they're kind of scattered now, all right? You got the de deportation of the 10 northern tribes, which has basically destroyed their identity. You got two southern tribes, which are kind of hanging on by a thread until 70 AD when the temple is destroyed and Jerusalem is just obliterated. And that's that. All right. So so by the time of this level, the, the 12 tribes um, are kind of spread out. That's why he said they are scattered abroad. being spread abroad. Um, we know that uh, anyone that is of black descent, we can trace our roots back to particularly the Western coast of Africa, but we're in the diaspora now. And we've been in the diaspora uh, for So we as African-Americans, as Blacks in uh, North and South America, we can all, for the most part, trace our roots back to the western coast of Africa, in South America, in the Caribbean, uh, in certain parts of Mexico, in Central America, and of course, in North America, we can all trace our roots back. So we're scattered. So we know what scattering looks like. We know what scattering uh, 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 feels like. But James says, listen, even though you're scattered, I got something I want to say to you. Um, I got something I want to drop on you. And so what we see is in his salutation, he is being very intentional as far as addressing the 12 tribes of Israel that have been scattered. So guess what? Even though this letter is going to Jerusalem, sooner or later, just like it has gotten to us in 2021, it gets out to the other Christians, the other followers of Jesus Christ. Now he's not like Paul, when Paul give all these different salutations, talking about grace and peace be unto you. James just basically says, hey there, greetings, what's up? <laughs> okay, all right, nothing fancy as far as his score. But now let's get to the meat of it says, my brothers, and, and when he says, my brethren, understand that this is men and women, okay? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, to the persecuted Jewish believers who are scattered among pagans and people worshiping false idol gods, um, 
to uh, the followers of Jesus Christ who are being persecuted because they're following Jesus Christ. Um, James is saying, count it all joy. Consider it wonderful joy when you fall into different kinds of trials. Now, this is strange. This is weird. I, I don't know about anybody else, but when I'm going through a trial, it's hard to have joy, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's hard to have joy you're going through cancer. Hard to count it all joy when you're dealing with a divorce. It's hard to count it all joy when you're facing bankruptcy. It's hard to count it all joy and you're dealing with COVID-19. It's hard to count it all joy when enemies are harassing you. It's hard to count it all joy when church folks don't like you. It's hard to count it all joy when you don't know where your next meal is coming from. It's hard to count it all joy when you are facing homelessness and eviction. It is hard to count it all joy. But James says, my brothers, my sisters counted all joy when you fall into different kinds of trials. Now, that doesn't make any sense. Because um, I'm going to be honest. When I'm going through a trial, I, I tend to get sad and depressed and upset. And even angry at God. You know, Lord, if I'm doing what you told me to do, why why do I need to go through this trial? Um, if I'm keeping your word, if I'm engaging in service, if I'm trying to live right, if I'm paying my tithes on offerings, Lord, why do I gotta why do I have to go through a trial? All, various trials at that. He didn't say one trial, he said various trials, different types of trials. But what, what, what James is saying is, I want you to have a different attitude when you, when you are dealing with your trials. And what James is trying to get over to us is when trials come, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends because they are here for a reason. Okay. Your, 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 your trial is here for a reason. Now, when he says count it all joy, he ain't saying be joyful because of the trial. He ain't saying you should say, you know, oh, I'm so glad cancer is here. Or I'm so glad I got COVID. Or I'm so glad that I'm dealing with uh, uh, sickness. Or I'm so glad I'm going through. No, he ain't. No, 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 no. That's kind of weird and crazy and emotionally out there. Okay? But here's what James is saying. What, 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 what James is saying is, my brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He is saying that as you go through your trials, you should have joy in the trial, not for the trial. Oh! I think I just said something. Just say it's something. Just say it's something. You, 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 you're not joyful because of the trial, but you are expected to try to find, latch on, hook up with joy in your trial. 
and, and, and here and here's why you are expected to have joy or count it all joy because the joy is based on the outcome of the trial. It, it, you, you have joy because you're confident that whatever you're going through right now, God is going to do something major that your trial represents, catch this, the possibility of transformation. Your, your trial is a setup for your growth. Your, your, your trial is the opportunity for you to deepen your relationship with God. Let's be honest. Most of us are ecstatic when we come out of a trial. <laughs> Most of us are happy when we come out of a trial. But James says, I want you to find joy, not because of the trial, but find joy while you are in the trial. All right. James is not saying I want you to be happy. Because there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is dependent upon what's happening. Your earthly circumstances and situations, how well things are going for you. Joy, here it is, is God-centered, God-oriented, rather than human-centered, human-oriented. Joy centers on God's presence in our experience as we go through the trial, even at times when we don't feel God's presence. This is where faith comes in. You got to know that the joy that you have is that God is with you when you go through your trial even when you can't feel God in the trial. I think I'm doing some good teaching right now. I think I'm doing some good teaching right now. Now, here, here, is, here, here is where I, I really want to, to, to help us understand what, 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 what James is trying to get over to us. James wants us to understand that joy is a deep sense a well-being that may be at the same time helping you to deal with sorrow, anger, and pain. All right, I'm I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to bless I'm trying to 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 bless y'all with this because this thing is blessing me. Let me say this again. Joy is a deep sense a well-being that holds intention at the same time, sorrow, tears, anger, pain, and even laughter. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. This is what I want you to get. If you don't get anything else today, get this. Joy is a decision, not a feeling. 
Joy, joy, joy is you saying I'm gonna live above my feelings, but I'm not gonna deny my feelings. Because you can have joy and not be happy. All right. But joy can produce happiness. And so joy, here, can, can I tell you what joy is? Joy is you choosing this deep sense of well-being that allows for you to function in the midst of persecution and pain and problems and perplexities without allowing for that stuff to put you in such a tailspin that you no longer live. It is a decision. It ain't your feelings. It is you saying, here, here is what, joy, joy is the ultimate rebellious response to oppression. Let me say it again. Joy is the ultimate rebellious response to oppression. <laughs> so, 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 so if I want to be a follower of Jesus, and since my life depends upon the, upon the sovereignty of God and my faith in that God, I navigate those moments of oppression with a sense of gratefulness, delighting in the goodness of the Lord, rather than doing two other things that a lot of people wind up doing in life. One is drifting. When, when you don't have joy, you drift. You just go with the ebb and flow of life. Hope one moment, despair the next moment. Hope one moment, down the next moment. When you don't have joy, you are left at the mercy of the circumstances of your life. All right? So you can drift up and down, in and out, back and forth. And, 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 and that's not good. Drifting is not good. The other one is pretending, all right? Pretending to be happy. Putting up a good front, no matter what the circumstances are, all right? You're going through cancer and, and you seem like you're happy as a lark. No, that ain't what joy is. Joy, if it is the ultimate rebellious response to oppression, then joy means I gotta be honest about my pain. Joy means I got to admit when it hurts. Joy means I can say I don't like suffering. And joy takes place when you come to the realization that there is nothing that can separate you from the power and the presence and love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's, that's what joy is 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 all about. A am I making any sense? Am, am I making any sense? 
So, so, so when, 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 when the writer says, uh, my brothers, my sisters, count it all joy, chalk it up regardless uh, when you experience a trial as evidence that God is getting ready to grow you. Don't let the pain, the suffering, the struggle take away the joy of new growth, new insight, new understanding, new dependency on God. Focus on what God is trying to do with you when you go through these various trials. And, and, and notice James, and I'm still on verse two, and I got 20 minutes left to go. James, he says, my brothers. In other words, he is saying, I know what this is like. I'm making identification with you. And I want you to understand when he says, my brothers, he is really signaling to those that will receive this letter, I'm with you. Now, this is what I want you to understand, that whenever you go through the various trials of life, you're never alone. Not only do you have Jesus with you, but guess what? You got your brothers and sisters in Christ with you. Stop trying to manage the pain and, and the loneliness and the failures and the trials by yourself. God has sent resources. And guess what? And those resources are found among the disciples, the believers. I know we're in a pandemic. I know folks ain't going to church like they used to, but y'all, I'm here to let you know the church is the best thing God's got going on the planet Earth. And it's that connection with the fellow disciples, the fellow believers of Jesus Christ that helps us to understand that we ain't going through what we're going through by ourselves. And notice he says various kinds of trials, sickness, financial, emotional, mental, uh, being persecuted for your faith, difficult moral decisions you have to make, a tragedy that hits your family. We never know how these trials will show up, but we are expected to find and to make the choice to have joy because what we are developing is coming to a God consciousness that God is allowing certain experiences in our lives to do something that's gonna make us better. Now, let's be honest, we ain't crazy about it, but that's what's happening. Now, 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 now notice that James says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, okay? The testing of your faith in produces patience. Testing is an important term and it should be seen not as negative, but as a positive. All right. Um, 
the testing of your faith. Now, there are those in today's culture who want to dismiss the idea of God developing us and God testing us and God proving us. But, but there are times when God will allow or let certain things come our way to test us, to stretch us. All right. In other words, to the testing of our faith, uh, to see how real we are. And it, here's the thing. The trials that we go through are not trying to see how, how saved we are. The, 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 the trials we go through is trying to add strength to our faith. So when we talk about these trials and producing patience, um, that's a form of endurance. And to endure means you got to trust God for a long time, even when God doesn't behave the way you want God to behave. So what James is saying is, I want you to remain faithful to the end because faith is real when it's been tested. Here's, here, here's why James is, 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 is dealing with this, because James basically knows that they are saved, they have faith, but it's not mature. Okay? They have faith, but it is not mature. All right? Now, I see someone just raised a question. I want to deal with this. Uh, is this like a basing and a bounding of Paul in Philippians 4? Um, in, in, in a sense, yes, where Paul says, therefore, I've, I've, I've learned to be content. Uh, that's it. But I think that what James is dealing with in the text uh, takes this a lot deeper than what Paul was dealing with in uh, Philippians chapter four, because, because Paul, uh, James is focused on the fact that whenever we're going through our trials and tribulations, that we are to make a choice to be joyful. So hopefully that will answer your question. This, this, is, this is a little bit deeper than what, than what Paul was dealing with. All right, now let me give you a tweetable. Let me give you a tweetable. You don't know how real your faith is until you're under pressure. <laughs> you, you don't know how real your faith is until you're under pressure. It, it's real easy to trust God when the bills are being paid. It's real easy to trust God when you get a good bill of health from the doctor. It's really easy to trust God when things are right at home, your children are acting cool, your spouse is good, or your boo or your babe is loving all life. It's really easy to trust God. You can say, whoo, what a life. But, but can you trust God when it seems like everything is falling apart? Job 
in the Bible gives us a wonderful indication of what endurance looks like. So I want you to understand that, 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 that when God develops patience in us, that's why you gotta be careful with talking about, Lord, I wanna be patient, uh, make me patient. You know what the Lord do? The Lord would send the very thing that gets on your nerves, the very thing you ain't looking for to what? Develop your patience. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, that word produce, that's an agricultural term. That means that seed is being dropped and there's going to be a harvest or a yield. And so what the author wants us to understand is that when your faith is tested, little seeds are being dropped, but it's going to be a major harvest. And watch this. And it's gradual. It's gradual. Let me say that again. It's gradual. You don't drop seeds one day and get harvest the same day. Doesn't work like that. Now, if God so chose to do that, God could, right? Because God is sovereign. God is supernatural. God can do whatever God wants to. However, God has set limits even in the natural that God looks for us to abide by so that we can develop our identity and relationship with God. Right? So if the testing of our faith is producing patience, as you go through your testing, uh, the patient doesn't come just like that. It takes time. It's not overnight. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm scared of stuff that develops overnight. Very suspect. All right. Um, uh, stuff takes time because guess what? You got to adjust to the developing of what is happening in your reality. I'd be a fool right now to give Cherry's keys to my car. Uh-uh. No. And I love her, but and she'll be 12 next month. But I ain't give her keys to the car. Mm-mm. Why? Because she has to be what? Tested one day. She has to be taught. She has to be tested. And when one day in about 20 years when I teach her how to drive, you heard me yell 20 years. She ain't going to be getting no license no time soon. 20 years as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Don't y'all tell her I said that. But probably within the next uh, four or five years when, when, when I teach her how to drive, I got to have patience. And she does too. And then one day she's going to be tested. All right. Now, Notice, notice how, how we react. Yeah, 20, Miss Karen, 20. I ain't ready for her to grow up yet, 20. Um, um, how, how, do we, how do we react to, to, to trials? Why, why are trials so difficult to, to, to endure? 
um, because we either want to escape the trial, we want to um, explain the trial, or we want to exit the trial. Okay. So, escape, explain, or exit. So, so this this is our typical reaction when when we got to go through this testing, these trials. First line, we want to deny it, escape it. We don't want to face it. That's that's me. <laughs> we 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 would sooner say, Lord, no, you keep that. Now, escape is certainly a, a good strategy when it comes to those temptations and trials that we willfully walk right into because of our habits or our wrong choices. That there, there are temptations that we are called to what walk away from, to escape, all right, to flee from, all right? So, so for example, um, we're to flee from envy and strife and malicious talk and evil uh, suspicion and sexual immorality. We are to walk away. We are to escape that stuff. God provides us an escape route as far as that's concerned. But there are certain things that you can't escape from. That has nothing to do with the choices of morality. It's just the uh, circumstances of life. Okay. And what James wants us to understand is that um, when we are following Christ and we find ourselves facing trials, what do we do when there seems to be no way of escape? Count it all joy. Let patience be produced. Another way that we try to escape the trial is uh, we want we want an explanation. God, you need to give me an answer. God, I need to understand why am I going through this? Lord, if you can explain this thing to me, I think I can make it. Let's be honest, you know. And and here's here's the wonderful thing about being in relationship with God is that you can do all that. You can ask God a question. When you read the, the story of Job, uh, from Job chapter, I want to say about three, four, five, until Job chapter 28, Job ain't doing nothing but asking God a bunch of questions. Lord, I, I listen, I, I understand why I lost uh, my, my, my children. I understand why I lost all my property. I understand why my skin is breaking out with these balls. I understand why my wife told me to cuss you and die. I, I don't understand why my friends are coming by and accusing me of every sin in the book. Uh, God, I don't know why you letting this. I mean, Job had a whole bunch of questions. So really from chapter five to about chapter 38, Job was just assaulting heaven with questions. And God does not respond until chapter 38. So we want an explanation. But James says, don't always expect the understanding, but find the joy. Rather than trying to explain everything to God because God is sovereign, some stuff we don't get. 
As a matter of fact, even when you come out of it, you may not understand it, but you may understand it in eternity. The, the, the other one is, is that we want to exit like Snackapus, exit stage right. We, we want to exit, we want to get out of it as soon and as quick as we can. And, and let's be honest, and I'll confess, you know, I, I, it, it, if there's a shortcut, I want to try to find it. But here's what I, 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 I understand about shortcuts, especially in life and living. That sometimes quick solutions make you have to compromise in areas that you should not. That the process, oh God, I feel you. That the process that God is taking us through that's producing patience, if you short cut, if you short circuit the process, you're gonna miss out on certain stages of development. I feel you in this moment. You're going to miss out on, on certain stages of, of development. And the temptation is that in the shortcut, you want to go back to old habits. Especially when you're not dealing with joy. Now, he, he, here is the bombshell. I want to chop on y'all. And if you don't get nothing else, get this. Let, let me say it again. Here's the bombshell. I want to drop on you. And, and I'm, I, I didn't even finish this pericope. I'm not going to finish it today. We'll pick up on it next week. But here is the bombshell. I want to drop on you right now. I've only got to verse three, y'all. I'm sorry. But this is what good Bible study does. I mean, when you, when you, this, this is how my sermon work does. I'm giving y'all insight to how I do my sermon work. That's why I try to have so much depth to the sermon and stuff. But, but here's what I want to drop on you. You don't get nothing else. Here is the shout for today. Here's the shout for today. Your trial should not outlast you. You should outlast your trial. Woo! <laughs> your trial should not outlast you. You should outlast your trial. Ah, I need to let that, I need to let that marinate for a moment. Here, here, here is what endurance looks like. Endurance is the fact that you're in a 26 mile marathon. You're in a 26 mile marathon and you're trying to run a marathon 
but the only thing you have done is run around the block and think you've done something. Finding joy does not negate the fact that you got to endure. Ain't no quick exit. Sometimes there's not an explanation. And sometimes there's not an escape route. But you got to find joy in doing the very thing that God would have for you to do. And, 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 and when you find, when you make the choice of joy, when you make the choice to engage in the rebellious response of joy in oppression, uh, then faith begins to produce what God wants to do. Listen, let me stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I... Uh, I got to stop right there because I, 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 you know, this is so rich. Um, uh, so we're going to pick up on verse four next week. <laughs> Hopefully we'll finish this this first setting as far as um, Bible study is concerned. And it's so good to be back. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back uh, in Bible study. Uh, but we're going to pick up on verse four next week. And um, we're going to see what the Lord will have to say. Uh, before I go, are there any questions? Are there any questions that anyone that is watching us have? If so, put it in chat and, and I will receive it and, and see if I can answer uh, your, your question uh, before we go and before we uh, ask for an offering. Any, any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? All right. Um, um, I, I want to just give a special shout out. We have uh, a young man that is helping us out as far as um, uh, handling our Bible study. Uh, name is Deverick. Uh, he's also uh, a person that we have contracted with to help us as far as uh, doing some things around the church with our social media and graphics and things of that sort. I'm very excited. If you have seen the Men's Day uh, graphics, this young man uh, designed it and he's helping us out. Deb has been out the office uh, dealing uh, with some things. And so she will be back in uh, tow on next Wednesday, on next Wednesday. Uh, she'll be back in tow on next Wednesday. Um, so we'll pick back up on verse four next week. Next week is my birthday. So I'm going to um, do, a, uh, I'm going to try to get through this teaching. Uh, and that'll be my gift to y'all to make sure that I get through all of these verses. Um, so uh, if at this time you're watching us and you feel led to give, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. One is by bringing your uh, check cash or money to the church at 1401 Allen Street. Um, the other one is by mailing your check or money order 
or cashier's check to the church at 1401 Alice Street, Charlotte 28205. If you want to bring it, call the church office, make sure someone is here to receive um, your offering and it'll be placed in the safe and then it'll become part of account for that following Sunday. Or you can go to our church website, ACS or Church Life on our church website and you can give in that manner or you can give through the app called Givelify and um, uh, give for, for, for Bible study if you so desire. You can do that right now. We greatly appreciate it. You're sowing into great ground. Just want to let you all know before I close out that um, it looks like we're going to be sending close to maybe $15,000 to Lock Carry for Haiti Relief. And God is to be praised for your generosity and your kindness. I'll share more with you all about that on Sunday in worship. Well, listen, I want to close out in prayer. But before I do that, just want to remind you all, uh, we got Men's Day coming up. Good friend, my brother, Bishop John Guns, the pastor of St. Paul Church in Jacksonville, Florida, and the new dean at the Virginia Union Samuel Dewey Proctor School of Theology. He's the new dean there. He's going to be our Men's Day prayer breakfast speaker. Uh, that will be virtual and he'll be live uh, for Men's Day on the fourth Sunday. A gifted preacher. If you never heard him, trust me, once you hear him, you will be blessed beyond measure. So he's going to be our Men's Day prayer breakfast speaker as well as uh, our uh, Men's Day Sunday morning speaker. And so uh, information will be forthcoming how you can connect as far as on Zoom uh, to check him out for the prayer breakfast, especially the men. And we're asking all the men for a special offering of $100. And uh, we're asking the sisters to join us by giving $50 for Men's Day. Amen. And um, we want to, again, let you all know we continue to raise money. This will be last Sunday. I will ask as far as Haiti Relief is concerned, and we'll cut that off after this Sunday. Well, listen, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close out this time of study. And um, I bid you all adieu. God, we come and we thank you for trials that come and produce patience. And um, as you are doing this work in us, help us to make the choice to have joy even in the midst of our trials. God, strengthen our resolve so that we can become all that you would have for us to be. Bless each and every person that is tuned in as far as Bible study is concerned at this moment. And God, thank you for allowing us to return uh, back to Bible study and return back to your house of worship in uh, some modified form. Now, God, dismiss us from this moment, never from your care. Keep us in your sovereign presence uh, until we're able to come back together and worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen. God bless you all. Have a smile upon you. Take care and be safe.